This call is being recorded. You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, good evening, good morning for whatever, or good afternoon for what should be your Friday episode of Locked On Browns, as we've uh, pretty much moved through the bye week. Uh, guys, today is, I believe, what? Uh, I think it's October 17th as we're recording. Browns are only going to play one more game this month. It's crazy. And, you know, with that, we'll be on in November. And, you know, here we go. Um, Jeff Lloyd, uh, Browns Mavens, Pete Smith, uh, your local experts on the biggest stories. All thing Cleveland Browns-wise as we dip in here today. Uh, we got a bunch of questions. We'll get to that stuff. Uh, we do also uh, want it, to – it's a good time here with it, the bye week. is kind of uh, basically a keeping up with the Joneses. As I like to call it when we do it here is, you know, peeking in on, you know, what's going on everywhere else in the AFC North. Uh, I guess people we'll start at the bottom, um, maybe make us and Browns fans feel better here as we head to the weekend of the bye week. Uh, Cincinnati, look, new coach, new GM. It's it's we talked about this last year. It, it needed to be a complete and utter tear down. They tried to half-ass it. Um, it. It just looks terrible. You got guys that are pissed off. It. You got an owner that's not going to spend a dime. You're you're finding a player because he feels he was misdiagnosed. I mean, it's just it's bungles will bungle. Well, I mean, they're bad, and it started with you know obviously uh, AJ Green and Jonah Williams going down, um, and and it really felt like. You know, at that point, it was going to be a disaster. It's just a question of how big of one. And, uh, you know, I don't think the losing is all that awful. And in fact, I was surprised how competitive they were against the Seattle Seahawks in that first game. Uh, but the thing with Cordy Glenn is what you do not want to have happen when you're in this type of situation, which is basically arguing that the uh, – you know, medical staff and the team mishandled you and is trying to find you on top of it, uh, which is, you know, if you're bad, the last thing you want to do is, is basically uh, cause a divide uh, with, within the roster from the front office, because that's already naturally likely to happen. But if, if the goal is to sort of bring all your guys together and, and fight your way out uh, as best you can, this is not the way to go about it. And it could really hurt them going forward if if not resolved in a one quickly and two in a way that's going to make uh, the locker room satisfied so if like this goes uh, gets uglier uh and continues that way it, especially if Cordy Glenn you know carries a lot of respect in the locker room I have no reason to think he wouldn't uh, that could really blow up big and for a guy who is a first-year head coach there trying to build something that has to be the absolute last thing he wants to be dealing with. Well, I mean, look, you, look, you don't piss off veterans. Um, look, yeah, I mean, sure. Everybody I'm sure is pissy that it's where it's at. And it's 0 six and the tank for Tua and, you know, people are already trying to sell out for uh, Miami Cincinnati late in the season. Um, I'm just curious where Joe Mixon is as far as the AFC top running backs. I haven't heard any Bengal fans clap back with that one here. So, I don't know, guys. How's he doing? Maybe you can all let me know. Um, and the other thing that was, look, it, it's it, it's to the point where it's a tear down and you got to rebuild. Um, you have players pissed off. You're never going to get anybody to come in a free agency. Not that there was ever a huge destination destination anyway. 
Um, but it's it makes it even harder to get more bodies on the field. And uh, I saw it with Joe Goodberry. And obviously, if you don't know uh, Joe and Jake, they host Locked On Bengals. And they do a great job. And honestly, I'll tell you right now, I've talked with them. I feel bad for them. I know what it's like right now when you're trying to put out a quality product. And if you remember about two years ago at this time, you know, Pete and I trying to put a shine on a turd when it didn't deserve one. There's only so many ways you can say, well, this is really, really bad. Uh, so, you know, I know what they're going through. And, you know, where they're talking about, you know, everybody this year, if you're not in it, what are you talking about? Or what can we do to get the most assets? So hopefully we're a better team next year. And, you know, somebody flat out asked him, is there anything on this Bengals roster that would even bring you close to a first round pick back? And his response was simple. No. You don't have one player on that roster that you could move for a first-round pick. That tells you how bad an NFL roster is, Pete. Well, uh, I suppose you can look at it that way. I think if the he Bengals, may think you, with I, the untouchables. Yeah, I, I think if the Bengals were, were smart, and and I suggested this, I think in July, um, they should have seen what was coming and you know turned into the skid. Like I think. You know, there there was a GM in, in Cleveland that sort of bought into this. Is you could have gotten, a, I think, a significant asset for Carlos Dunlap. He's a very very good player uh, on 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 the last year of his deal. There are a number of teams that would be happy to bring in somebody that disruptive at that size. I think that would have been big for them. Obviously, uh, I would have. You know, this was before the injury happened. I think AJ Green could have gotten you a nice asset. Uh, and he should have never gotten hurt like the first day of like he got hurt like August 2nd what are you doing AJ Green's always a little bit dinged up he shouldn't really been doing anything then anyway I mean September 2nd was a hell of a lot more important than August 2nd and uh, honestly he shouldn't have been doing anything because you were hoping somebody was going to call you but I digress and and I think you could have if you really wanted to gotten you know if you wanted to move Geno Atkins uh, who's got that option after this year I don't think they're going to pick up you could have gotten something for him. Uh, that, I mean, there are a number of teams that would have, so I don't know if any of it would have amounted to a first-round pick. I'm inclined to doubt it, but they could have gotten some serious draft capital uh, to, to really turn into the skid, embrace the young talent you have uh, in, on, the, on the, the lines of Tyler Boyd and uh, the safety they have, who's really good, and some Jesse of the, you know, the defensive yeah, Jesse Bates is really, really good. They've got some younger corners. And he's just a kid. Uh, they, he's a baby. I don't even know if he's 22 yet. They've got players they can build around, and they just sort of needed to move on from and, – and it's not because they're not good. It's the opposite. It's they're good and they're not going anywhere. You have this sort of older generation with Atkins and Dunlap and Dalton and A.J. Green, and three of those things were worth something. So, you know, that would have been the time to sort of move on from them and try to – get as many assets as possible and really try to get something out of these, you know, get as much uh, in terms of eyes on these young players and really see what you could, could grab and build upon and stuff. And some of these things like John Ross obviously looked very promising before he got hurt, but there are other players on that team that could have gotten longer looks and, you know, it's, it's the situation they're in, but yeah, I think that would have been a smarter play. Theoretically, they could still move somebody like Carlos Dunlap or Geno Atkins, and, and they probably wouldn't get nearly as much. But, again, they can get assets, and that's where they are right now. And, look, I, it's the only way they're going to build is through the draft, um, where p- essentially people are forced to go to Cincinnati. So uh, 
go that route. And I'll tell you right now, if we find out at the end of the season that the Cincinnati Bengals hold the number one pick in the NFL draft, I wouldn't be stunned if Tua Tagovailoa decides to spend another fall down in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. They're they're not going to be. They're not. Well, first, I I don't see that. I don't see him staying another year because I don't think anyone actually does that. But more importantly, I mean, the Dolphins have the market cornered on this, and that that's where that's it. I think the Bengals will end up obviously top three, top five. They may pull out a win or two before you know they finally fall completely apart but uh it, it, so much of this depends on how how invested they're going to be in making this thing happen yeah, it's, it's it's it'll be interesting how play how it's going to play out uh we'll get to pittsburgh uh obviously we'll get to baltimore you know which obviously you've got pretty much our thoughts on obviously we just played them recently um as we get on here into the next segment uh, we'll roll on through here. Uh, look, guys, um, it's the weekend. And do you ever find yourself wishing that you could make some extra cash with your NFL knowledge? At my bookie, they want to make that dream come true this season. Right now, all players are invited to play in the free $50,000 Survivor Contest. Winner takes all. Contest starts October 8th and closes October 14th before the start of Monday Night Football. Pick one team each week, survive the longest, and you can take home 50 grand in cash. Make a successful deposit with MyBookie, and you'll receive a free entry into the contest today. Between football season, the MLB playoffs, and the start of the NBA and NHL seasons, it's the time to get off the sidelines and get into the action. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little to win a lot, try a parlay, or you know, backdoor it with live in-game betting that they have. If you like to put a couple of bucks on fantasy players over unders, they've got all of that. Um, what I can always tell you is, if you're going to do, if you're going to bet, the smartest thing to do, as opposed to uh, along in accordance with who you're betting on, so you're betting with, is to go to mybookie.ag. Um, they've been with us forever. They sponsor every NFL show here, so that shows you the strength and legs of the company. Uh, and if you join right now, my bookie will double your initial first deposit. So use the promo code locked on to double your initial deposit. Mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Uh, Pete, obviously, we haven't seen Pittsburgh yet. Uh, the defense to this point is the calling card. Um, Devin Bush, defensive player of the week for the AFC last week. I'll take my slap on the back on that one. Uh, defense looks really good. Offense, no Ben, uh, you know, Mason Rudolph. I don't know what's going on there. I, at least I hope they try to save the kid and at least give him as much rest as possible. Uh, nobody saw, you know, the effort they were giving out, you know, Sunday night coming out here, but you know, I, I don't think they're headed for a really good season, but, uh, you know, eventually, you know, you, you feel the defense will break. But to this point, the defense is held up pretty well. The defense is playing well, but it's suffering injuries. And Stephon Tewitt is a massive loss for that team. He's done for the year. Um, that makes Tyson Alualu a starter as opposed to a role player. Uh, Tyson Alualu is effective, but that means, you know, they're losing a backup uh, that was very solid, and now he has to play a full starting load. Uh, but Stephon Tewitt was, was headed for – Probably his best season uh, of his career. Uh, he and Cam Hayward 
are one of the more dynamic duos in the league. And then you have Javon Hargrave, who's very good. Devin Bush has been uh, very good as a rookie. Uh, they, you know, Nick Fitzpatrick fits right in. They're getting some nice play out of him. Everybody else is, yeah. Uh, Vince Williams is okay, but they they can't use him for everything. And they use a lot of uh, Mark Barron, who's terrible. Uh, so they're, 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 they threw, ba- they threw better and right into that. <laughs> Go ahead. They're, they're playing well on defense, but I just don't know how long they can sort of hold up, uh, especially with the injuries and obviously the, the quarterback situation they have and, and some of those things. So, I mean, they, they, they got a, a great dominant win against, you know, a Chargers team that couldn't block anybody and Phillip Rivers who had no interest in getting hit to the point where he just, decided to hand out all kinds of free gifts to uh, Devin Bush. But it's really hard to see where this team makes up a lot of ground. I, I don't know how anyone can really take them seriously in the AFC North. Uh, their schedule is only going to get more difficult. And obviously the Browns played them twice. And, and while I don't think that will be an easy win for the Browns, given the fact that they they have strengths where the Browns are struggling, uh, hopefully that changes by then. Uh, the Browns are also theoretically going to be getting stronger at that point, getting players back like David Njoku should be back by then. Kareem Hunt will at least be active by then. So, you know, I, I think the Browns in particular are going to be getting stronger while the, the Steelers are trying to hang on as they're dealing with, you know, genuine studs going down for the year, Ben Roethlisberger, Stefan Tuitt, you know, there's only so many times, so many guys you can lose before it just completely falls apart. Uh, it's like the old cartoon thing, you know, uh, where they're, you know, the hands are going over the holes on the boat as it takes on water. Um, and your defense can only do so much before it's just, you know, it's insurmountable. And I kind of put it to a little bit, the, the jet effort last Sunday, their defense felt like they didn't have a shot for any of these games that Sam Darnold wasn't there. So, you know, you, you do the, you know, you do the best you can, but once it gets out of hand, you realize it's out of hand. Um, you, you had Sam Darnold making some plays for them Sunday um, and their defense isn't great, but you know, they gave a lot better effort because you, you feel a little more confident that you at least, you know, basically essentially have the bat in your hand and you have a shot to win it. Uh, Baltimore. I mean, obviously we're, we're familiar here, guys, obviously, we, you know, we, we have just seen them, Nothing new, but I mean, well, no, not necessarily new, but uh, Pete, they go out, they bring in Marcus Peters, which is an interesting move. Marcus Peters has talent. This is now his third team since he's been in the league. Um, Marcus Peters certainly, I guess, beats to his own drummer. Marcus Peters will look out for Marcus Peters, first and foremost, always. Uh, there's a reason if you're supposed to be a good cornerback, you get moved on. Uh, the tackling, not so great. Uh, the I'm going to go get mine as far as chasing down interceptions as opposed to whether or not if that was your coverage assignment. It's an interesting move, Pete, and I don't think this is I, I, I don't think this is going to make a bit of difference. So it has all the potential in the world to be great uh, because they've obviously got Earl Thomas, they've got Marlon Humphrey who's playing at a really high level. Uh, Earl yes, Thomas, he is. They're, they're waiting. Uh, they're they're hoping that's going to pan out. And you add a guy like Marcus Peters. So if it's all working, they've got a really, really good coverage group. The problem is, as you mentioned, he's not terribly interested in tackling. Neither is Earl Thomas, uh, at least so far. Um, And they are very individual players. So 
when you're dealing with a bunch of individuals, that was one of the things that happened or has happened with that defense is there's accusations that guys are freelancing and some of these other things, and they're not really a cohesive unit. And there was some finger pointing after the Browns loss, for example, between players. And as much as this could go really, really well, and if you get Marcus Peters for the price of a punter, uh, then, you know, it's, it's not, you know, it's not really a, a proposition you can so much lose, but it could blow up in their face and just make, you know, make a situation that wasn't, you know, what was problematic on that front that much worse. So there's a lot of potential. It could work out very well for them if they can get everybody on the same page and playing at their level, but it could also just backfire and make a situation that much worse. But the biggest thing is that the Ravens are at least uh, attacking their defensive issues and they found an opportunity that's very cost effective to do it, even if it doesn't do anything. Well, and that's the first thing that, you know, I, I'm going to remark on there is, uh, you know, you got him for a day three pick. That kind of tells you, you know, everybody, you know, has the same thing. And I still remember years ago, he was playing a game, you know, uh, versus the Jets, you know, on the road. Uh, the official called a penalty on him. He didn't like the call, so he decided to pick up the penalty flag and throw it to the 13th row. I mean, this is the type of guy you're dealing with. Um, it's not going to change the fact, you know, Marcus Peters is not going to save them from the fact that Nick Chubb sung them, basically, and ran all over them and pushed them around. Uh, it doesn't improve your linebacking core. It actually took a linebacker out of your linebacking core. So it, it, it's, you know. I mean, if you're trying to win the AFC North and, you you know, what you lost to the, the Cleveland Browns was is you couldn't stop the run and, you know, they kind of had their way passing the ball on you. Odell did nothing again. So, trust me, that'll probably be different second time around. Whatever. I mean, I, 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 I'll i always – somebody, you know, embracing a move, trying to go do something. And, look, Marcus Peters will have a flash play in the first game or two, and this is what he kind of always does everywhere he goes. And everybody kind of gets really excited on him. And he's one of those guys where – you got to look for like the the long the long game, and then Marcus Peters kind of eh. the short game. Yeah, he can wow you at times, but uh, then there's also times where it just leaves you just absolutely aggravated, frustrated, and you know, essentially kind of pissed off. Um, this is uh, we'll go with this one here, and this is the first listener question here. And I just want to you know before we go, you know, we'll, uh, we'll sneak in another read here in a second, but it kind of applies here to the AFC North. Where do you see the team, Pete, finishing in the AFC North after six weeks? Division champions, wild card, or once again watching in January? I have no reason to change my opinion that they're going to win the division. Um, nope. I, I mean, the issues, Not at all. the issues are there, but the, the biggest takeaway from first, this first six weeks of the AFC North, the AFC North isn't very good, and that doesn't mean they won't be, just they aren't right now. So... It's obviously a two-game lead. Uh, the Ravens have another opportunity to sort of extend that. Uh, the, the Steelers are, you know, a heavy favorite, going to be three and four after their bye week because they go and play the Dolphins. Uh, so, you know, there's going to be an element of the Browns may not be, uh, you know, they could theoretically be in third place after the play, they play the Patriots. But I think of all the teams in this division, they are the team in this division that can get the best uh, as they evolve over the rest of the season, I think they can get substantially better. And I'm not sure the Ravens on offense can get all that much better. And I'm not sure the Steelers 
well, I'm, I'm very sure the Steelers can't get better off that much better offensively. So I still think the Browns are in good shape, but they have to obviously take those steps forward. Uh, yeah, I'm not changing my opinion, and I think I, I do believe in a large part. Well, I don't believe it. in a large part the Browns have held themselves back. Um, week one against Tennessee with some stupid mistakes, and then Baker getting the yips there. Uh, the Niners look. Some days you just have a bad day, and you get your teeth kicked in. That was one of those days. Uh, Seattle, uh, you can't mismanage the clock late in the half. Get yourself in a bad spot. I mean, they've been their own worst enemy to this point. This is not a two and four football team to this point. The talent has shown at times they are not a two two and four team at this point. So yes, I still think somehow, some way, they're going to find a way to take this division. Maybe it won't be as a pretty as an overall record as we thought it was going to be, but. Uh, no, I'm not changing. I am certainly not changing to this point. By the way, uh, we'll the get 49ers here to... may well be 11-0. If you look at who they play, Arizona twice, uh, they play somebody, some other garbage teams, they could easily be 11-0. And as much as that was, you know, even, regardless of if they are or not, it's not okay to lose like that. But it may take some of the sting out that some people were so, you know, appalled at the performance. The Titans, the game should be the one that sticks in your cross more than anything. Oh, I agree there. And the other thing is um, Kyler Murray versus that San Francisco defensive line. The, his, there might be a chance the Browns never see Kyler Murray in that game. Um, that's, that's a rough, rough matchup because those are some big, fast, athletic boys. Uh, we'll get to the listener questions here in a second. All my Ohio residents, anyone, if you listen to Locked on Browns, you live in Ohio, this is for you. Don't forget, you are probably paying way too much for your car insurance. But why pay for your car when you're not using it? Pause coverages when you don't drive and control how much you save. That savings on demand with packed insurance. You can find them at packedauto.com. Check it out, guys. Listen to me. It's such an era now where people aren't always driving. It's a simple thing. And here's the thing. Get the app. It'll take you about 90 seconds to get a quote. If it's better than what you're paying now, move on. Check it out. I do it. I can't. You know where I live, guys. Uh, I'll hire though. Check it out. Uh, packed Auto. Packed Insurance. Uh, you know, packed Auto Insurance. PackedAuto.com. Check it out. Get yourself a quote. I mean, look, if it's not better, whatever. What's it going to take? 90 seconds. Stop looking at Facebook photos from the Sunday, your nephew's birthday party, where there were 60 pictures posted. By the time you go through that all, you can check and see if you can save on your car insurance. Who doesn't like money? Check it out. We got listener questions, and yes, yes, yes. Uh, we know what a lot of them are pertaining to, guys. There ain't no doubt about that. Oh, actually, well, here. This is a new one, fresh one in, and I do like this one. This is, uh, I can't read your app. Skaz, any thoughts on how the defensive strategy changes, Pete, with the starting quarterback, the starting corners coming back? Maybe, maybe it'll change a little, but, you know, it is New England, so who knows exactly what the hell this game plan is going to be. Well, I mean, it means, it means theoretically you should be able to play uh, more man coverage and not feel compelled to double guys or drop guys back into zone as much. You may play a true cover one, cover three, which would give you a free up a guy to potentially blitz or 
you know, short zone or, or some man coverage and help on the tight end, whatever, um, it just creates more options more than anything. Uh, TJ Carey being in the slot is far better than TJ Carey on the boundary. Uh, that yes. was, that's where they loved him uh, coming into the season. And, and there was no reason to suggest he shouldn't continue to be play well there, but he was forced into duty on the outside because they're missing two guys out there. So, uh, you know, specifically as it relates to the Patriots, you know, I don't, I don't know if it does a ton, but I think in general, you're going to see more man coverage uh, where you can put Dez and Greedy out, uh, Denzel and Greedy out there and just sort of let them run around with receivers and, and trust uh, your pass rush can get it done. Look, it's just going to be nice to have him back. And look, with anything, you want to have your full complement. Um, look, you know, Kirksey's not here. Obviously, now you've gone on to the Mac Wilson era. You want to be able to play everybody that was, you know, on your original 53. You loved what Greedy Williams was doing early. Uh, Denzel, maybe get back to a little bit more of a comfort zone for him. Uh, Denzel, World, Denzel Ward, Julian Edelman, I like that matchup. Um, Josh Gordon, I, I think he is okay. I, I know there was an injury. Um, Nikhil Harry might be making his way back. I'm not sure exactly when he's due back. Um, but you, you got greedy for those matchups of the physical receivers and going to get down the field or whatever. Look, let's just get the kids back. That's that's what you want, and you want to start to see what's going to be the shaking shaping of this defense for 2019 and the shaping of this secondary going further. Michael Skaggs. Um, all right, Pete, this actually is probably a little bit better for you. Um, bye weeks should be quiet. Um, and look, with the Browns, maybe it's not necessarily because I know we did one last year where it wasn't quiet then. Um, has there been a more ridiculous Cleveland Browns bye week incident, Pete, than Miles Garrett? getting sucker punched by some punk. Oh, I'm sure there has. I just can't remember offhand. I don't remember when the whole. Uh, hey, you know what it is, though, is he probably should he probably should have told us because I'm sure he probably knew there was about two or three. Yeah, I I, I, uh, I don't remember when Kevin Johnson and William Green happened in terms of the, the time of the year, but that was a far bigger fiasco than anything else. Uh, I mean, the Miles Garrett thing is just stupid and weird more than anything else whatever uh you know and actually somebody i forget who it was said you know what with anything take him put him in pads and have him show up the practice after this weekend and his assignment should be he should have to deal with miles garrett one-on-one for five reps i like that don't put people look i mean you got people like this who are so cool and try to be so nice Shit like that. It's just so freaking annoying. It's actually sad. It's depressing. Because, you know, somehow, some way, you know, bragging to your boys about it or whatever. But uh, it's it's bad. It's just bad. It's just a bad look all around. Uh, Pete, our good friend, Miss Brittany. Um, please ask Pete what he's getting me for Sweetest Day. I'm pretty sure that's made up. Thank you, though. Uh, I'm not... Big on the whole Swedish Day thing, but it's a contrived holiday. What is Swedish Day? What is it? It's a made-up holiday. Uh, oh, okay, good. I'm just making but, sure I'm not going to get in trouble in a day or two for not getting my wish. It, it, it is, tra- you know, it's a thing that is trying to be. It's more uh, people of a younger generation follow it. Uh, but anyway, so thanks for that. Like it, like it, 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 it's not a question of you know Swedish Day is contrived or whatever, but. 
there's no bad time to uh, visit the folks at Zabo Apparel and, and get the get the uh, lady sports fans something nice, and then take a trip to uh, Blue Chew and deliver from that end. So Zabo Apparel and Blue Chew would be the gift. Oh, okay then. Uh, thanks, Britt. Always appreciate Brittany. And uh, look, uh, and a lot of people, and, I, and I've gotten some of these DMs. Um, the a lot of the women, um, in the Browns Twitter world, they're a lot nicer to deal with than the men. So that's usually why I do it. Um, the other thing, guys, is I'm married and I have two daughters. Um, so it's kind of what I'm used to. Uh, da, 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 da. What's the likelihood the Browns trade for an O lineman linebacker? <laughs> We're not going to answer that one, obviously. Uh, besides Trent Williams, and this is a difficult one, are there any other viable offensive line training candidates who are healthy and in football shape that would contribute right away? Um, and basically what he's saying here, and this is Beer City Browns backers, you know, Jake Matthews from the Falcons, no, I'm not disagreeing on it, but Pete, I don't think that's, I don't think Atlanta's to the point where they're moving assets. If it turns out this year wasn't the year, guess who's going to get moved? It's going to be Dan Quinn. Yeah, probably. I mean, Jake Matthews is a very good player. Uh, I can't imagine they're looking to hear him. But much of this year was initially trying to solve the offensive line issue. Uh, that's why they ultimately used two first-round picks to take offensive linemen, and both are unfortunately have suffered injuries. I think uh, Caleb McGarry's back out there, but uh, they lost uh, their, their first-round pick uh, for the, their first first-round pick for the, for the year. Um, I can't imagine their move is to then try to get rid of the one good offensive lineman they have, uh, proven good offensive lineman, Jake Matthews. Uh, But if you're looking for uh, healthy bodies that can contribute, I'm looking at Wyatt Teller and hopefully here in a minute, Drew Forbes. I mean, this is my thing is that I'm looking at this from the standpoint of who is out there uh, that can help this team, and they're on the roster. But I mean, if, if you want more more names than that, I'd be looking at guys like Christian Delaro, who's hanging around uh, on somebody's practice squad. I think Houston. Uh, but yeah, that that would be where I would go is the practice squads of teams because there are guys I I have particular interest in that are more along the lines of uh, athletic young bodies that can be developed and all those things, which is. I'm more than happy to do, which is what Corbett was supposed to, obviously Corbett was supposed to play, but that is what he sort of became. And if that's the move, you can get essentially a fifth round pick for 2021 and another young athletic offensive lineman develop. And that would be where my approach would be with this. Yeah. And everyone it keeps talking to, and look, yes, the Browns do currently have an open roster spot. Um, I'm not sure how that's going to play out. Um, it looks like Drew Forbes is going to be okay and eventually start to get into that window where he can actually return. Um, well, if they, I think if, this... they, if they declare him, uh, you know, for coming back, that, you know, it would be for uh, that week eight. I mean, and that would make that roster spot. So, oh, okay. He's a, all right. So he can come back that quick. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it, he, he was already on injured reserve. Uh, oh, entering okay, the season, yeah. that was the whole gymnastics thing they did. So he's yep. technically eligible. So that is one option. The other option is obviously, you know, just signing somebody. It could be a trade, could be, you know. But the thing is, I, I think a lot of people are looking for the huge trade, and it's more likely to be a small trade that, you know, isn't going to be the, you know, 
the super move that everybody seems to be trying to will into existence as opposed to just finding an opportunity to add a player. But that's why I think, you know, at least I'm hoping it's just going to be Drew Forbes. And look, I mean, there's talent at every positional group. This team as a whole just needs to play better and play up to what they are. And in a lot of ways, it may have been the perfect time for the bye. You know, got a couple of practices in this week. You can't really get too far away. Maybe you go home to wherever your family is, regroup, you know, text with everybody. Look, come on, we all, everybody for everybody. It's not a question whether or not there's enough talent on this roster. It's about, you know, it all blending and, you know, cohesiveness and, and all that stuff. Got you know, Going out and spinning the farm for a 31-year-old left tackle who had, you know, issues, you know, with his brain, seriously, um, and he's, you know, been banged up with his legs. It's not that Trent Williams ain't a great player. It, it, it's That's not going – the bang for the buck is not going to make the difference here. The difference is going to be this team doing and realizing what they are capable of and what the talent should put out. The roster's there, guys. That's not a question here. We can probably sneak in one or two more here. This actually isn't a bad one. If Bruce Arians or Mike McCarthy are the coach of the Cleveland Browns, would the record be two and four, Pete? If it was Bruce Arians, it would be. Uh, Bruce Arians is, <laughs> is coming off a game. <laughs> I'll tell you right good. now. Baker's got 11 interceptions. He might have 13 if it was Bruce Arians. I mean, the, the, the Bucks who are had, had, who have Arians as their head coach, gave up seven sacks and turned over the ball seven times against the Panthers. Uh, I, I, I've never understood the love affair with Bruce Arians. Uh, McCarthy, it's hard to say. The staff would not look like it does now if it was. And in that respect, you know, I, I think it would probably be similar, just be a different path to get there. They, McCarthy has his guys, and they aren't here, and they aren't. most of them aren't very good. So, yeah, I mean, I think ultimately you probably end up in the same spot. Yeah, I, I, look, I mean, a lot of this is, you know, they just haven't performed. It's It, it doesn't really matter necessarily – who's the HIC, I mean, you know, the head coach, you know, the head king in charge. None of that matters. It's more of, you know, just the product and the way it's gone on. And, yeah, it's frustrating. I get it. We certainly didn't figure this. We thought, you know, they would be at least a lot more competitive. You know, Pete said two and four was a possibility, but we thought they would at least look better at this point going through this. Uh, Photo of Pete, uh, Ken Adams, uh, Hair, glasses, beard, usually a baseball cap. Uh, typical normal white dude. <laughs> uh, when I have a beard, actually, weirdly looks similar. All right, Giovanni Ruiz, we'll close with this one. What changes would you make to the offense going forward? Could be play calling, could be personnel, play caller, etc. I'd get a fullback. I don't disagree on the fullback thing. We, look, we and not saying true fullback. Look, we really liked Orson Charles. Um, Pete, for me, I guess it would be personnel and, but this would be contingent on the offensive line. If look, uh, the offensive line, the second half of last year, played really, really well. And guess what? Almost all of those guys are here, except for Kevin Zeitler. So to think you can't find a way to rally the troops, get it right as far as play calling, pass protection, offensive line coach, working with 
Duncan working with Freddie as far as, all right, like how, you know, this is the plays I want to run. This is how, you know, okay, this is the how I see protect this. Tweak off of how I need to protect this with the back out or where you need the receiver. It, it, it's got to, I guess it would be, it would be 11 personnel. When Najoku comes back, you want him on the field. Uh, look, when Kareem Hunt, yeah, maybe you're going to start talking some possibility of two running backs on the field. But we say this all the time. If it's look, Harris, Farrell Brown, Ricky Seals Jones, David Ajoku. Once you have Najoku back and Seals Jones continues that, fine. I'll be okay with some 12 personnel looks. I don't want to really run out of it. I kind of want to throw out of it. Um, if you want to run out of it, put the two other two on the field. But you're deep at wide receiver. You've got two really talented running backs in two weeks. Go down with them. Go down with the best you got. Um, so, yeah, first and foremost, I, I look at the offensive line personnel. Obviously, I'm ready to move on to Wyatt Teller. Uh, I don't think uh, Freddie Kitchens trusts Eric Cush uh, to move anyone off the line and has good reason not to. Wyatt Teller, assuming he's ready to go, has more oomph up front and is a uh, effective pass protector. So, you know, that should be okay. Obviously, they've got to evaluate that and make that case. Um, other than that, I mean, I'd love to get Drew Forbes in there at right tackle. Uh, offensively, I'm not unhappy with the way the offense is being called, with the exception of I, I wish there was more uh, spread out looks. Uh, like you saw against some against the Seattle Seahawks where it sort of nullified a lot of the pass rush because the ball is coming out so quickly. But if they can get better production out of the offensive line, um, then then they can take some of those big bodies off the field and not re- rely on so many uh, setups where they have to chip and, and help with double teams and some of those. I, I just really want to see the uh, the things they are doing get more consistent because I think they're they're doing a lot of things well in terms of what they're trying to do offensively uh it's just got to be consistent and and get you know more effective and not miss the easy ones and and just those things so many of these things are self-inflicted but it's it is the offense largely they ran last year there's a monkey influence but it is largely what they ran and if they just have to be able to do it better uh i think the one thing that maybe is just missing from last year was you know there were some deep shots and they really – there hasn't been many deep shots here. And when you're trying – you know, and you need those chunk plays, even the one Odell caught against Seattle, I mean, that was more of a YOLO ball because, you know, Baker was rolling out and all right, well, Baker – you know, Odell's there and let's go, you know, usually win these match, matchups. And he did. Um, you know, like the the Landry ball against Carolina. Granted, it was a great ball by Baker. Um, the Perriman one, just something – I just want to see something designed vertical. A nine route with something with, with some play action, and you know I understand you have issues now whether or not you're trusting the pass pro to do it, but it, just challenge a little further down the field, and maybe it'll open some things up, and hopefully everybody can breathe a little bit easier. Uh, obviously, guys, a uh, best of luck to Pete and the Streetsboro crew as they try to continue the ride tomorrow night. Um, We'll see. We'll try to get you something tomorrow night. We'll see where it's at, guys. It's a little, you know, with the bye week or whatever. And, you know, I understand. Obviously, everybody's going to kind of go about their own parts here for the weekend. Uh, but at worst, you know, we'll be back, you know, at worst, probably by Sunday. So, but maybe I'll try. 
a little harder for you tomorrow. Uh, Browns Maven, obviously check out all Pete's work over there. Busting his chop, busting his butt over there. Busting chops, that's what Pete does. Along with busting his butt over at Browns Maven. Uh, uh, Browns Maven on Twitter through the SI app. Obviously click on the Browns logo. Follow at underscore Pete Smith underscore the show itself at Lockdown Browns all over case. Always follow back account. DMs are open. Uh, guys, I appreciate it. I'm trying to get to everything, but it, more and more keep coming in. And I'm trying to get do the best I can to get to them all. But I do appreciate it. And, I, and I'm doing my best. I don't think I'm ignoring you. Just managing life and everything else that goes along with it. Uh, me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, DMs are open over there as well, guys. Uh, appreciate everybody. Um, you know, look, uh, everybody wants this team to get back to three and four as fast as possible. Can't possibly even come close to doing that till a week from Sunday. So take some time here, get all that fall crap out of the way, get the house in the front yard ready for Halloween, apple picking, whatever that nonsense, get it in this weekend. Um, the diehards, uh, the you know, the wives, go be a good wife this weekend. Go be a good husband this weekend, so you can sneak away a week from Sunday for four thirty for Tony Romo and Jim Nance doing Browns Patriots. All right, guys, enjoy yourselves until we talk the next time. This has been your daily edition. Uh, it's been your daily delivery of all things dog pound. I apologize. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns. <laughs>